News Talk 770 AM 92.5 FM WVNN. By the way, if you find yourself driving outside the range of our AM FM, which is pretty hard to do because we cover a lot of southern Tennessee, almost all of north Alabama, but if you find yourself driving out of the range and you want to keep listening to the show, uh, just go to rightsideradio.org. That's our website, rightsideradio.org, and click on Listen Live. You can hear us anywhere. Just found out yesterday that we got folks in Jacksonville, Florida that are listening to us, so uh, hello to my Jacksonville cohort down there. I got right side ruffians in mobile we got folks in mississippi we got folks in virginia i know we got one guy who calls in sometimes from indiana uh gotta love that so anyway listen if you are listening to the show live online or wherever you are we're glad to have you in the audience well listen uh i gotta tell you uh the news in afghanistan is not getting any better copper just uh just really not Uh, it's not looking good oh have you heard from your friend hamid Oh, yeah. Thanks for asking. So I, I actually texted Hamid this morning. And for those who don't recall, let me just double check my phone here and make sure he's not answered. I don't think he has yet. No, he hasn't. Um, I just told him this morning I was praying for his parents. So my friend Hamid, uh, yeah, uh, he was on the show a few weeks ago. Uh, you heard me talk about him yesterday. Hamid was one of my interpreters in Afghanistan when the war started back um, in the early days. I was there all of 2002. And uh, and, and Hamid's parents are, and his sister are still in Kabul. And... Um, very concerned because we're hearing now that the Taliban are going door to door. So no, to answer your Jeez. question, I don't have anything new. But if I get something from him during the show, I'll bring it up. He um, was, but yeah, he was seventeen when he first started working with you. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, wow. seventeen, and that was um, we're looking at uh, almost what twenty years ago. So that was two thousand two. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so nineteen years ago. Um, so you can, he's in his late thirties now, um, but uh, he is uh, he is personally doing well. He is uh, living here in the United States. He's got his U.S. citizenship. Uh, we were able to get him over here at a good time. And uh, he has uh, earned his degree, earned his master's from Yale, and um, and just went on to do great things and went back. I, I think, Copper, you've heard me say this before, I think. He went back, actually, and worked for President Afshar Afghani as mm-hmm. an advisor in the presidential palace. You do, Did I tell you that part? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He did, too. Yeah, very cool. Yes, right. He did on the show, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Very cool. And... Um, but right now, uh, he's here and glad of it, but his family is not. And so he's, he's watching and waiting and just sort of keeping an eye on things and doing, you know, doing the thing that family does when you're far away and you can't help, uh, which is basically uh, pray and worry. But, uh, hey, listen, um, th- more things happening in the news. I mean, like right now, multiple press conferences that we're seeing, uh, and we've got one of them is just boggling my mind. Uh, do you remember the Bo Bergdahl story, uh, Copper? You remember who that was? Uh, no. That was, okay, so 20, let's see, when did this happen? 2014 was the exchange, but I think it was 2012, 2013. A sergeant named Bo Bergdahl, who I believe was in the 82nd Airborne Division, um, but he he apparently was somewhat disturbed. It was determined later on that what he actually did was deserted. He was on a uh, remote um, uh, FOB or a patrol base, and and the, the everybody woke up one morning and he was gone. He had just gotten up during the night and walked out the gate and walked away. Well, of course, he was taken captive by the Taliban, and and he became a uh, a Taliban. Uh, what would I what would I say it? He was a propaganda piece for a while. I guess he thought he was going to go join them and find out more about their causes and you know what it was like to be a member of the Taliban. Well, that didn't work out real well for him, and uh, and so President Obama and Vice President Biden negotiated a swap with the Taliban. And they gave them five Taliban commanders that we had in our prison in Guantanamo Bay. These were five battle-hardened, hardcore believers, Taliban, 
And one of those that Obama and Biden released in 2014 is now one of those who is confirmed to have been um, plotting the uh, recapture of Afghanistan uh, by the Taliban. And was actually even, by the way, uh, one of the guys who was negotiating with the Biden administration most recently in Qatar on behalf of the Taliban. So there you go. Uh, you, you put them back on the battlefield. Guess where they are? They're on the battlefield. Uh, they're doing all those things. So, yeah, you can look it up, by the way, uh, Copper. So the guy, Bo Bergdahl, uh, we got him back. Um, had the weirdest press conference in the world when um, uh, President Obama had his parents come to the White House Rose Garden for a um, press conference. His parents, I think, were like these like 60s hippies or 70s hippies. And the father had grown a long Taliban-style beard trying to identify with his son's captors and went to the microphone and began speaking in Dari, and, uh, and, which is, you know, the, and, or Pashtun, which is one of the more common languages used by the Taliban, um, and uh, trying to identify with them. Well, we just negotiated with the terrorists. They've held his son for over a year, um, and, and now Dad is standing right there next to the President of the United States, who apparently didn't vet the uh, press conference very well before it started, and it became a huge embarrassment. And uh, later on, Bo Bergdahl was, um, after an investigation, because the stories didn't match up, because his former unit was pretty incensed that he was being treated like royalty. Uh, it all, and by the way, some people died trying to hunt for him and search for him and try to get him back. Um, it was determined that he actually had deserted. It wasn't just a, a capture on the battlefield. He deserted his post. And, and wow. as a result, people died trying to get him back. And now five Taliban commanders were, were free, and one of them, is helping with the overthrow of Afghanistan as we speak. So, guess who was in charge back then? Biden. <laughs> I mean, it goes around, comes around, right? It yeah. Just, it just boggles the mind. You know, I heard somebody say earlier, it's not like these people who are working with him are, are newbies at this and are just stumbling through. No, no, exactly. they're all the people who made the same exact mistakes under Obama. And they're exactly. doing it again. Exactly. I think I pointed out yesterday you know, yesterday I had that moment where I just said, enough, it takes a lot for me to get to this point, but Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin and uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs General Mark Milley just need to resign. At the very least, they need to man up and tender their resignation. Well, so, so think back in history again. In the Obama-Biden administration before, they completely jerked troops out of Iraq. Was it necessary to end the war in Iraq? Sure it was, just like it's necessary to end the war in Afghanistan. How you leave a battlefield is just as important as how you got there. And so they jerk the troops out. They create the vacuum. ISIS fills the vacuum. ISIS begins stealing back territory that we had just fought to preserve on behalf of the Iraqi people. We had to send troops back in. Guess who presided over that? Vice President Biden, now President Biden, and then Lieutenant General Lloyd Austin, who was the CENTCOM commander, who is now Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin. It was Lloyd Austin who told Obama that ISIS was nothing but the B-team and they should not be concerned with them. I'm telling you, folks, these same people are in charge right now. It's amazing. All right. Right Side Radio. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM. We got plenty more where that came from. We'll be right back after this.
News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Williams here hosting Right Side Radio. Solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, listen, before we go any further, i got to tell you guys about my friends over at etaxbreaks.com. Etaxbreaks.com, what a cool company. 23 years of experience. Now, I know these folks personally. I used to work with them some, and what they do is they literally find you money for your business you didn't know you even qualified for. There's like over 3,000 programs out there. That, that literally because of the common sense ways you run your business, because of like where, where you put your business geographically or who did you hire? Did you hire a veteran? Did you hire, did you hire a, a convicted felon to give them a second chance? Did you um, survive the pandemic as a business and retain your employees through the process? All kinds of things. I couldn't even name them all. Qualify you for monies you didn't know you otherwise qualified for. Just check them out. They only get paid if they find you money. And by the way, they told me the other day, they invoiced out $7 million in found money for their clients from these 3,000 different programs. Etaxbreaks.com forward slash right side. That's who they are. Etaxbreaks.com forward slash right side. Well, listen, I was telling you right before the break, and I'm going to spend a little bit of time in Afghanistan uh, and keep this thing going because it is so important, I think, uh, in the bigger picture. It is beyond just what's happening at the airport in Afghanistan. It is way beyond that. This is, a, this is an indictment against the foreign policy of the Biden administration. This is a question as to the purposes uh, of, of, of the United States on the world stage. This is, a, um, this is a, basically a, 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 an embarrassment in the eyes of other world leaders. This is something that sets the stage for potential future conflicts because what they do today has ramifications that expand out. On the world stage, the smallest ripple can become a tide. And uh, Well, that was pretty good. Write that down. But anyway, the reality is what we've got here is a situation that is so much bigger, y'all, than whether you like the idea that we were in Afghanistan in the first place. The fact is we were. So get over the fact that we were. All you trolls on social media, well, we shouldn't have actually been there in the first place. Beyond that point, all right? Way beyond that point. Not even worth saying. Useless, arcane argument. The fact that we were there means nothing to me right now. We're there. We've been there. We shouldn't have been there for 20 years. Get over it. We've been there for 20 years. Get over it. The reality is the Biden administration has botched it. I saw another one of those uh, never-Trumpers, a Republican this morning, who had to publish that article that says that, oh, this really started under the Trump administration. No, it did not. No, it did not. President Trump may have done some things that I didn't disagree with or didn't agree with, but Trump's not the one who did this withdrawal. All right, I'm looking right now at an article Uh, Pajamas Media is quoting a site in the New York Post. I told you right before the break, there's this dude named Bo Bergdahl who was a deserter who left his post, and as a result, U.S. troops tried to find him, believing he'd been captured on the battlefield. In terms of what really was, he just deserted his post. But he was captured by the Taliban, as you can imagine. And and in searching for him, um, it finally came down to we discovered where he was, but we had to negotiate with the Taliban under the Biden literally the the Obama-Biden administration, negotiating with the terrorists. They agreed to release five hardened Taliban commanders who were being held in Guantanamo Bay. These were men who were advised by uh, the Obama-Biden administration was advised not to release because they were too dangerous. And during recent peace talks, I'm reading directly from the article on Pajamas Media, During recent peace talks, they were recognized by Western diplomats as official representatives of the Taliban. One of them was a man named Karula Kharkawa, 
and I hope I have that right. Who cares if I have his name right? I don't care if his name's Jones. But the bottom line is Karula Kirkawa was one of the men that was freed by President um, Obama and Vice President Biden. He was most recently the envoy for the Taliban and sat with President Biden's envoy, Zalmay Khalilzad. You hear what I'm saying? He was released from Gitmo by Obama Biden. He shows back up later during the Biden administration to be a negotiator on behalf of the Taliban. And during that, he said this at the Moscow summit, quote, I started jihad to remove foreign forces from my country and to establish an Islamic government. And jihad will continue until we reach that goal through a political agreement. That was the guy they released from Gitmo. And then just recently, of course, the, the Taliban have now taken over and have seized um, all of Afghanistan. And they, they broke into the presidential palace in Kabul because the president of Afghanistan fled. And they said that they have one of their fighters who was coming back in who had been held in Guantanamo Bay recently. Well, it's now being reported that the mastermind of the overall campaign to retake all of Afghanistan for the Taliban was this guy, Kirkawa. The Taliban mullah who was released by the Obama-Biden administration, despite reports from the Pentagon that were classifying him then at the time as too dangerous to release. Do you see what we're dealing with here? It's like Copper said right before the break. These same people keep making the same mistakes. Kirkawa even told the Biden administration earlier this year during the negotiations, quote, from the New York Post, quote, that the Taliban would not launch a spring military offensive if Biden would commit to removing all remaining American troops. And he also promised not to retaliate against any Afghans who work with the U.S. military or the U.S.-backed government in Kabul. Well, how's that working out for us? You get all the troops out. We won't do a thing. Next thing you know, guess what Biden did? Bailed on Bagram, shut down all of our bases, pulled everybody out, created the vacuum just like he did in Iraq with ISIS, and suddenly the Taliban decided, you know what that thing we said? <laughs> yeah, we were lying. Because despite the fact that they're fundamentalists, they believe that if they are lying on behalf of furthering the instances of their radical Islam, that it will be blessed by the prophet. They do. Just recently, Ryan Crocker, who was a former ambassador to Afghanistan, I was watching the news as I was coming on the air, uh, waiting for the commercials to end so I could just jump into the show. And there's Ryan Crocker, who's a former ambassador to Afghanistan from the U.S., and he said literally, quote, believing anything the Taliban tell us is laughable. Biden did. Biden thought, well, this is the guy that we released. Surely if he tells me it's going to be okay, I'll pull all the troops out. I'll shut down Bagram. Now we don't have any place to get our folks out. There is no airhead. There is no logistics train. There's no, there's no ability for us to have a secured site from which to uh, launch aircraft. The reason why the airfield is being overrun is because it's a civilian airport. It's not Bagram Air Base that we spent billions building over the last 20 years. The place where we could have maintained a forward presence as long as we'd wanted to. And, and so Bagram Air Base is gone. All troops are gone. 650 remained in country. And now we've had to send over another 6,000 because we believed what the Taliban said, which Ryan Crocker says is laughable. Folks, that's where we are right now. It's a very difficult circumstance. And, and meanwhile, while we're talking about it, um, 
Biden, President Biden, is apparently at Camp David on vacation. I do not get that. Now, I do know, I do know there is never a place in the world where the President of the United States is out of communications. He has every available asset for him. I get it. Those of you that want to defend what we're seeing right now from the Biden administration, I'm sure you'll be quick to point out, well, he's got a situation room. Yes, we saw a picture of it. He was sitting there by himself doing a teleconference with key individuals. That's not sufficient. Because the truth of the matter is, in a time of crisis, people need to see their leader leading from the front. And what happened? He swooped in from his vacation in Camp David, which I still can't believe he was taking. Gave a 20-minute, actually it was an 18-minute presser, took no questions, walked out the back door, walked to the helicopter, and flew back to Camp David. Report by Brett Baer on Fox, just before I came on the air. Brett Baer said, very interesting to note, he said he finds it, and this is, you know, and Brett Baer, by the way, is one of the more reasoned, um, very, very even-keeled presenters of facts and news, very little in terms of commentary, but he just flat out said he cannot fathom how it is that we're hearing reports that President Biden has not contacted any other world leaders right now. None. What is happening at Camp David right now? Is he, is he receiving some kind of, you know, medical regimen we don't know about? I mean, is he in an oxygen chamber? What, is, is he taking long naps? Is he playing golf? Why even be at Camp David right now? What, what, what are the optics you're trying to show here? That all is well and you can go back on vacation? By the way, how much have we heard from Vice President Harris? Oh, that would be none. None. It was said earlier in the day yesterday that Vice President Harris would be standing next to the president when he gave that press conference. Uh, she was not there. She was not there. She has been nowhere, making no statements that I've seen. In fact, tell you what, I'll verify that in a minute. I'll go to the Google of Oracle and just make sure I'm not wrong. But right now, Vice President Harris is invisible. President Biden is on vacation. His press secretary, Jen Psaki, had to come back from vacation today just to deal with this because... Why was she gone in the first place? I don't know. I don't know. Apparently, they so did not see this coming that all the vacations were planned at one time. So yesterday, when you heard President Biden say every contingency was planned for, and the fact that this could happen was not inevitable, but we knew it was very possible, and they all planned their vacations. That means they had no idea this was about to happen. I've heard no one else say that. Copper, I think I just hit on a news point. Did you hear that? That was a that was a good one. I need to I need to log that one in. What time is it, Copper? Two sixteen. It's it's two forty seven on eight seventeen of twenty twenty one. Phil Williams pointed out. I've heard no one else say it. If they had known this was going to happen, then why were they all planning vacations? You logging that in, <laughs> Copper? Just right there in the special log where we keep all the special things. Yep. Thank you very much. Um, Folks, that's, that's, uh, that's, that's a piece of analysis that's not being talked about, but it's true. If they knew these things were possible, if they knew these things were something that could happen, then why were they all planning vacations? And where is our vice president? And why is our president at Camp David? And why has he contacted no other world leaders? Why is it that the French and the British are still there right now trying to get their people out, but our American ambassador fled the country? Why is that? Why are we having to send 6,000 troops back into a place where allegedly they had it all under control? They knew this was possible. They say they had pre-staged the forces. Well, I'm sorry, but when you're flying them in from North Carolina, that's not called pre-staging. 
That's called a deployment. Pre-staging would have meant that they were either at Bagram maintaining that facility for its future use, or for that matter, that you had them at least in nearby Kuwait. Nope. They were completely over the horizon, all the way in North Carolina. Well, look, folks, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back and finish talking about some more um, Afghanistan issues. I got some things you might want to know about China. How's China reacting to all of this? China? Phil, what are you talking about China? Oh, China. Because right now, if I had Afghanistan on my western border, mm, I'd be curious. And then on top of that, if I were the leader of Taiwan, I'd be extremely nervous. I'm going to tell you some things that China did in the last 24 hours that might curl your hair, especially some of you green suitors out there at Redstone Arsenal. Prepare yourselves. It's a difficult world. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, and you can also find us live online at rightsideradio.org. Listen live. We'll be right back. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, the News Talk powerhouse across the northern part of our state, our beautiful state, and Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio, the biggest show in the afternoons across the northern part of our state. Right Side Radio, where we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, listen, uh, by, folks, i got to tell you real quick about my friends at Otter Creek Farm. Otter Creek Farm, you hear their ads on the show. They're part of the Right Side team. Uh, they, they've been in since day one. And uh, I know these folks personally. My friends Frank and Jane Brown own Otter Creek Farm. This place is amazing. I mean, it was, it is so incredible. That's where Donald Trump Jr. chose to stay not long ago. That's uh, why they were featured in Garden and Gun magazine. Uh, that's why they are considered one of the top wing shooting destinations in the uh, southeast United States. And they're right here in North Alabama. But it's so much more than a place where you can go and hunt pheasant and quail with, you know, the dogs and the guns and the guides and the beautiful hundreds of acres of manicured property. They've got amazing facilities, but it's also a culinary destination. They've got a Thursday night dinner series right now in their beautiful grounds. It, literally, you go, I took Charlene recently, and f- a five-course meal, y'all, a five-course meal with a wine pairing with each course. What? I mean, I felt like a king that night, D- dressed casual and eating like a king. And Otter Creek Farm is literally just an amazing place to be. Check them out at ottercreekfarmstead.com. That's their website, ottercreekfarmstead.com. You will be amazed. Well, listen, I'm going to spend a little bit more time, just a little bit, uh, on the Afghanistan and the international policy issues, and then we're going to turn to some other things. And if news breaks, I will jump back on it. Just know that. I spent the entire three hours yesterday talking just about the Afghanistan crisis. It was fresh. It was, in, it was unfolding. It still is. But a couple things are happening that you need to see that are in relation to and affected by Afghanistan. Article out right now, I believe I got this, uh, where did I get this one, Newsweek? China faces the threat in its volatile borderlands after Afghanistan falls to the Taliban. So, So China is paying close attention. If you're not familiar with the map, just look at the map. Literally, the western borders of uh, China are at Afghanistan. There's a lot of crossover. And the Chinese believe that Chinese separatists in those western, especially the northwestern regions, were trained by the Taliban. So China is taking a very strong interest in what is happening inside of Afghanistan, which is why, by the way, China 
recently had a meeting with Taliban leaders, literally had a meeting with Taliban leaders to encourage them to, uh, to stop any incursions. And you can imagine that promises may have been made. So if they're encouraging the Chinese not to do certain things, well, you know, they, the Taliban probably responded to the carrot or the stick, right? Well, it seems that China feels emboldened now. So you can imagine they had their own negotiation meeting with the Taliban, and they are intent upon recognizing them as the new Islamic, um, what's their name, Islamic Emirate of Afghanistan. Meanwhile, on the eastern front, if you will, for China, China dispatches warships and troops towards Taiwan while the world's back is turned. All right, report here is that China has now taken advantage of the world's current focus on Afghanistan and is launching a series of intimidating military drills close to Taiwan. With warships and fighter jets exercising off the southwest and southeast of the island in a move that Beijing said had been prompted by, quote, external interference and provocations. So they're testing us. So they're making their own deals with the Taliban. They're choosing to recognize the new Taliban government in a way to pacify them on their western front. They're keeping the whole world occupied. Who knows what they helped foment in all of this. And then on top of that, they're making incursions and military actions towards Taiwan. That, that is amazing. And that is something that's going to have huge ramifications because you, you, you watch. Taiwan should be extremely concerned about the fecklessness which with the Biden administration has followed through on its international obligations. Don't try and tell me, oh, we had a Trump deal, we had to follow through. Biden has basically vacated every single Trump plan he could. Are you telling me that he was stuck with something? No. And on top of that, Biden walked in there and changed the plan, by the way. It went from being a conditions-based withdrawal from the war zone in an orderly fashion to a complete just jerk them out and, and let the vacuum be filled by the Taliban. In the meantime, China is on the eastern border negotiating with the Taliban and then over on their own eastern border making strong military incursions or, or, or exercises in the face of Taiwan. Waiting to see what we're going to do. Waiting and seeing. Watching and believing that we don't have the leadership or the will to do anything if they decide it's finally time for them to take back Taiwan, which they have claimed since day one. I don't know if you saw this or not, but they literally recently counted Taiwan's medals as their own in the Olympics. Did you know that? That's right. They believed that Taiwan's medals should count as their own. That's who we're dealing with in China. All right, folks, we'll be right back with Adventures in Woke World on Right Side Radio. Solid conservative, just plain right. We'll be right back. Oh, yeah. 